Kids in Dating Part 2. Dan, we're going to be talking about three more questions today on Life Talks. I'm Ben, you're Dan, and we are two of the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship here in Cornelius, North Carolina. Dan, how are you doing? After that last podcast that I hope you have gone back and listened to, I am just so excited about this this episode. We of, we covered of Ben and Dan work out the, the, their family. We issues. were we were all over the place last episode, but it was fun. I I enjoyed that conversation. You got to understand that Dan used to date a girl named Trudy, and, uh, and you used to date one named Tiffany. <laughs> not that that means anything. Um, now, Trudy's a pastor's wife. What is Tiffany? I have no idea. Just the name makes me sound like she's probably in a strip <laughs> joint oh, or something. Oh, gosh. I mean, she was not a believer. I, I will say that. I went, that to a, I went to a public school. So, all oh, right. So, yeah, I um, went to a Christian school. Well, I'm not sure if that helps finding a, a, a mate, to be <laughs> no, honest with you. Um, all right. So, we're going to try to get through three questions today, Dan. Three questions. Good luck. All right. First question is this. And this is an important one because. The technology has changed things. Oh, and so when someone when a boy likes a girl and a girl likes a boy, the the communication style is not just I mean, when I was in high school, you would pick up the phone and you would Oh, I can talk call. This. Let me just stick this in here. When I was dating, I could not have a girl call me. I could only call her. That was considered forward and inappropriate at my house. If a girl called, if a, a boy? girl called me, if if my dad or mom had answered the phone, it was a girl asking. Talk, he would, she would, they would have said, "Dan does not receive calls from young ladies." Really? That's what they would have said. So here's how I worked out with my friends. If I knew a girl wanted to call me, she would let it ring half a ring, and I would know it was her. Then I'd call her back. That was acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Legalism Work? is a wonderful thing. <laughs> All right, but but. But, you know, it used to be the rule in my house was you could talk to a girl, but you got to be somewhere in an open public space. Yeah. So did your mom get one of those 20 foot long yes. <laughs> cords? Yes. I, we had a 25 foot long cord. <laughs> so you could take in it our down home. the hall in the bedroom. So I mean, if I wanted to talk to my girlfriend, it was like in the in the living room, you know? And uh, when you have siblings, that's- we have one of those wire or those brick uh, with the big long <laughs> antennas coming out of it. Um, but, but that. That, I, I, to me, it's actually wise to have communication that's public because when communication is private, it just because it can descend into inappropriateness. Yeah, correct? and and we make we've been making a lot of jokes, but the reality is, kids are sending nudes to each other via SMS, text messages, yeah. and so forth. At, Snapchat. At, yeah, yeah. At, at 12 and 13 years of age. I mean, it's actually a felony what they're doing. Yeah. And these pictures last forever, on the, and, the, and they pass around. I used to be a school principal. Um, and the last time I was, I was an interim for a year. This is 2010, 29. Oh, and it's probably 10 and times worse 1,000 times worse than it was. But even then, I had to deal with junior high boys getting nudes, sending them to all yeah, their friends. And, and I think we're, we're living in a culture, even as much as you think, well, I'm homeschooling, and da, da, like your kids will – push the boundaries, and they will try to find a way to communicate to yeah. the way their generation communicates. And they can communicate on video games, on Snapchat. Oh, that's right. And yeah. I mean- Through apps. Through apps. Yes. Uh, yeah. So parents, you're going to have to educate yourself on all the different strategies you're gonna for have communication. To, I, I think one of the things that we did in our in our home, and again, <clears throat> my kids thought we were Amish, uh, if <laughs> if we, if our, one of our children wanted to text someone from the opposite sex, um, before the age, I can't remember what age we made them stop doing this, but they had to. They had to add either my my wife or I into the 
into the conversation. Into the group chat. It, it, was a, it was a conversation between the three of us. And so, therefore, they knew. Now, this is, I can't remember this is before 14. But so, Tiffany, what did you read in your Bible this morning? <laughs> so, but by the age, but then what we did was we, if they had to, if they wanted to communicate, we, I can't remember if it was like 14 or 15. Then we said, okay, you can communicate one-on-one, but we're getting your text messages. And so we just set up so that we could receive their text messages so we could see what was being texted back and forth. We didn't allow them to have social media or any of the other. And that uh, would be through what age? Because none of this technology was available when I had teenagers. So um, I can't remember what age it was. I mean, until until you get until you allow them to have social media, and once they have social media, I mean, it's it's kind of like you can you can pray and hope and and wish, but there's very little oversight. I mean, you can try your best, but there's so many. There's so many back, back, back rooms and yeah. back corners and whatever there that are, they can there get are around. Back doors that you can go through that yeah. par- most parents aren't even aware exist. And so, you know, if you can limit their phone to just simply being text message, that's great. But even as I say that, most kids would be shocked. Oh my gosh, I could. Oh, I, I can't believe you would ever. And this is where you have. This is the saying that parents. I would encourage you to memorize this. Just because it's normal for you does not mean it's normal. Okay, because there are things that are normal for their generation that should not be normal. Okay, so normal is relative, and you have to remind them there are certain things that they that feel or seem normal that that not are not necessarily good for them, and so it's okay to be the parent who has the Amish standards. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to draw a line. Um, and with the communication, because to me, this is where a lot of kids are getting into trouble is they have a intimate connection over technology and it just speeds up the, you know, the, the frontal lobe is not developed right. and the hormones are raging. And so, so you've just got to be super vigilant on, but this on is the where boundaries. I, I want to jump in again with something we discussed last time, which is don't teach, don't, don't set policies in a vacuum of principle. And this is where, again, we need to, to go, why why are you going to set standards for your kids? The kids need to hear that. They won't appreciate it, won't agree right, with it or like right. it. But at least they should know there's a reason behind it other than mom and dad are just mean old people. Yeah. Um, and, and part of it also goes back to we have to prepare our kids for the world that they live in, not the world we wish they lived in. Right. So with that in mind, also, you, you need to teach your kids, how. what do you do when you get a nude? Mm. Because- It's going to happen. I, I'm, I, I'm a 60-year-old pastor- and I've gotten them a time or two from some random Russian off the internet that all of a sudden uh, say, hey, can you want to chat? Can we trade pictures? You know, I get these messages mm. like, you know, block, 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 block. And I always yeah. show my wife. Yeah. But the reason I do that is because I know what they're up to. Your kids won't know what they're up That's to right. if you don't talk to them That's about right. it. And they'll feel pressured. Everybody else is doing it. Yeah. So why can't I? That's right. They There are things that are normalized, activities that are normalized today. Certain types of sexual activity before intercourse have been normalized as a part of the ritual of dating that are as normalized for this generation as kissing and holding hands were for our generation. Yes. And if you're not having these conversations well in advance of those temptations, they're not going to know how to respond when they get when they get approached. That's right. So, I mean, a, a lot of this is preparing your kids for this and, and letting them understand. I think a lot, if you're going to have, if you're going to have boundaries, which you should have boundaries, make sure you're strong on communication. 
why you're having these boundaries. And you're going to need a relationship for that communication to have any hope at all. Well, and the other thing I would say is this. It would be really smart if your kids wants to start, you know, liking or or going out or dating another person, get to know the parents of this other of this other child or mm-hmm. teenager. Uh, and, and, and if you can, try to get on the same page with them because what I have found is that there's a lot of parents that have various standards for their kids. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating to me. All right, this is vent time with, with Ben Rudolph. It frustrated me to no end that we sent our kids, you know, we homeschooled and we sent our kids to Christian school for most of their education. And it would frustrate me to no end that here's all these Christian kids that have zero, zero standards, zero uh, accountability. And I was always the one to say, nope, we're not doing that. Yeah, nope, we're not. Do- and, and, and to me, it was so frustrating that these parents never had any standards with their kids. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a parent and you're afraid to disappoint your kids or you're afraid of what your kids are going to think, you got to get over that. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to say, God has given me a responsibility to protect and prepare my child for the future when they leave this home. And at some point, you if you're going to make if you're just going to take your hands off the wheel and be like, "Oh, I just hope it turns out all right." Like you're fooling yourself, you're lying to yourself, and you're actually doing harm to your child. And so what I would say is you have to have an intentional plan and purpose for what you're going to do with. That's why we're having this conversation. Right. But Please, parents, do something to have some kind of level of of standard with your kids and how they're going to communicate with yeah. the opposite sex. These are milestones. These are road markers. And if, we don't, done es- if we don't establish them for the kids, yeah. then everything goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> and and being overwhelmed by the culture and and feeling pressured and intimidated and even manipulated by what other people are doing is is no excuse for not doing what God has called us to do. You know, my parents used to say, I don't care what they do in so-and-so's house, but in this <laughs> house, this is what we're going to do. And and again, you're like, well, that just sounds rigid and, and so forth. No, actually what it did is it provided some security. It provided some yeah. it, it, it provided some boundaries. And, and one of the things I, my kids are going to, they probably got so sick and tired of me saying this, but one of the things I would always say is, I know your 16-year-old, I mean, your 16-year-old self really hates my guts right now, but your 30-year-old self is going to thank me. Yes. And I think that's what – keep casting the vision of why you're doing this. Because when you're at 30, I want you to stand before your husband or your wife and have have no shame, no regrets, or at least as little shame and regrets as you possibly mm-hmm. can have. Because you and I both know that the more baggage you bring into the marriage of shame and regrets – the more complicated you're going to make your current marriage. And there's a lot of there's a lot of couples that you and I have spoken to over the years of the decades we've been in ministry that because of the choices they made when they were young, they come into marriage with a lot of hurts, a lot of wounds, a lot of shame and it it affects the intimacy of their of their current spouse for decades. And and that's the, that's what we're trying to protect young people from. And that's one of the reasons why the dating culture right now is so dangerous because what, you, you get a girlfriend, you get a boyfriend, 
and you spend a few months and then you break up and then you find a new one and you spend a few months and you break up. Mm. And that pattern of as soon as it gets hard, as soon as it gets uncomfortable, whatever, I break up. I don't feel anything anymore. Yeah, Yeah. continues into marriage. And so then, you know, you've been married for a year, then you break up and then you've been married for three years and then you break up. Yeah. Um, And and then, you know, one of these episodes, we're going to talk about the impact of letting your kids get involved physically as in sexually, but not even intercourse, even mm-hmm. in the steps before, those things fundamentally change how you engage with each other. And one of the things that people need to learn to do, all of us have needed to learn, is how to engage and interact with a member of the opposite gender where sex is not on the table. A hundred percent. And if we don't yes. learn to do that, then then we sexualize all of our cross-gender relationships, potentially, um, and and we lose we lose the community and the family atmosphere yeah. that should exist in other parts of culture. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, so we got through. I think we got th- we got through one question. We got eight minutes left, Dan. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the second question is: What do you allow your teenager to do when they're dating? So uh, over to each other's houses, um, go out and grill. I mean, you talked about having a room last episode of with all the kids in it. Like, I I am a firm believer that. Um, young people before, before they should not go out one-on-one. Even I'm, I would tell my daughter, uh, and I would tell my sons this, do not single date, go on at least the first couple dates with a du- double date because for a number of reasons, number one, especially my daughter, you don't know who this guy is, right? And so mm-hmm. watch him and see if, see if how he acts and behaves. I think behaves. a double date with mom and dad is- A I, double I, date- I know the kids just die at that, but I don't. I, I, I honestly don't think it's a bad idea. No, have a game night at your home and yeah. have everyone- Come over for dinner, make watch, popcorn. Watch a movie together. But I think hanging out with each other's families is always a good idea. Going out in groups is a good idea. I would never send my kids, like if my kids want to go to the movies with their boyfriend or girlfriend by themselves, that was, I never allowed that. Uh, I never allowed them to, you know, if they were going to go out- um, at least when they were in high school, I never let them go out by themselves with their, with their, the person they were dating. Um, there always had to be someone else in the car. They had to be doing, you know, some kind of group activity. The biggest insult for me was my mom would sometimes make my sister go. Oh, that's always. <laughs> she was in the back seat with her head over the front seat. <laughs> it was awful. And I know, again, you, I'm, I, again, my kids mocked us. I'm like, we're, we're so Amish, but I'm like, it, I just know what can happen when teenagers are alone. And I, my whole thing is, is they're like, I'm not going to do anything, Dad. I'm not going to do anything. I'm like, I know you're not going to do anything because they're going to be someone, you know right. what I mean? Like, like, so when, this is kind of interesting because, again, the parenting, parenting, the parental mentality has changed so much. When you were in high school, where did most kids lose their virginity? In the car. In the car. The yeah. same with me. Yeah. Backseat of a car, there's yep. a big joke about mm-hmm. it. Where do kids lose their virginity today? In their bedroom. In their bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the reality is, is as parents have become more lenient, we have facilitated mm-hmm. um, activities that that in the long run are for their destruction. And we've thrown up our hands like, well, what are we going to do? And here's what <laughs> here's what parents say to me. I literally had parents what are you say this to me. Do? They, they say this. I'd rather them be at home doing what's wrong than away from me doing what's wrong when I don't know whether they're being safe or all this other stuff. So oh, why don't man. you just put a bowl of condoms out and a you know a, a couple of adult videos in their bedroom? I mean, if you're going to just capitulate at that level, or you might be able to say, Honey, I love you so much that I'm going to do some things that'll make you just just really, really challenge me for a while. But in the long run, as you said, thirty year old you yeah. will love me. And, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that 
your kids are, they might do things behind your back. And there's things that, that, you know, just because you have standards doesn't mean they're all going to always going to obey. But I think you are, you're going to stand before God and you're going to stand before them and say, I did everything I could to make sure I did my part in preparing you for a, a life that was honoring and pleasing to God. Yeah. And, and, and you, and then you set the standard by which they know, they know what the speed limit was. They, they know where the dangerous yeah. curves were. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to add one more. Um, do you allow public displays of affection in the home? Just between me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, and this is kind of a, a practical question, but like if, uh, if Megan or Nathan was dating someone, did you allow them to hold hands with their boyfriend or girlfriend while you're watching a family movie? Um, it it varied from child to child, quite frankly, and quite frankly, sadly, I mean, this is not something I recommend. Um, my older kids were held to st- stricter standards than my younger t- kids mm-hmm. were, and I don't know whether it's because I got older or busier or or what it was. Mm-hmm. I would I would simply say this: what they'll do in front of you, they're going to do times times ten when they're not with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, I think there needs to be a principle of caution about over-familiarity in areas that lead to intimacy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's why I don't think it's good for 12-year-olds to tell each other they love them. No. I, I, they're, they're, they don't even this, understand what love And is. this is the way I feel about it with, with sexuality and teenagers and, and, and so forth. Is, you know, li- life is a journey. And, and, when there have been a couple of times when I was doing the laundry, which I should never be allowed to do, but <laughs> I, I would take my. You're not saying this as a sexist statement, right? You're oh, just... that's totally sexist. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, no! I would throw some clothes in the laundry, yeah. but I'd be in a hurry. I, yeah. You know, I waited too long, and so I wouldn't use all the cycles. Or on occasion, back when they had the dials and not yeah, the buttons, yeah. I'd move it through the whole the cycle. Oh my! Goodness. And you know what happened when I would take the clothes out? Either they would be like soaking wet because they hadn't spun out yeah, enough. Yeah. Or on one occasion, I remember was, I had used powdered soap and there was powdered soap everywhere. And what do I do? <laughs> I'm an idiot. I dump it into the dryer oh, thinking no. that it'll dry. Uh, you know, it was just a, a whole dumpster fire by the time I got done. But what was my, what was wrong? I rushed the cycles yeah. and I didn't let them get complete. Yeah. In a dating relationship and in adolescence, there are cycles, there are steps, and they take time. Mm. And when we rush those, mm-hmm. so when a 12-year-old is petting, which is an old school term yeah. for putting their hands where bathing suits are, mm-hmm. okay? Or whenever they're French kissing at mm-hmm. 13, mm-hmm. or whenever they're they're you know laying in each other's arms watching a movie on your couch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in an intimate embrace when they're 15. Yeah. We're rushing the cycle. That's There's right. a time for those things, but it's not when they're way too young to be getting married and they need to be able to see marriage on the horizon right. before they they start taking those steps. Yes. Now, I grew up in a culture again where it was like, don't even kiss them until you get married. Your first kiss ought to be at the wedding altar. I think that was a little dangerous yeah. as well because literally you, you had a situation where you signed a piece of paper said I do and you went from 0 to 120 in 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. That that was not It's probably not healthy. No, it wasn't. Um but on the on the other side, if you know, the marriage ceremony was supposed to be about taking that last step into permanency and into intimacy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, one of the things I, I, I always told my, my kids is never do anything. I mean, obviously a standard of holiness is what they, they understood the standard of holiness and sexual purity. But the other thing 
I would say is, listen, don't do anything with this person that you're dating that if you ever bump into them with your future spouse, that you're not going to feel awkward. You're you're not going to feel a sense of like, oh gosh, like I'm going to have to explain some things. Like you want to be able, I have a really good friend um, that I I served in ministry with and, and, and he dated uh, this one girl all through high school. And they broke up when they went to college. They both went to the same Christian college and this, his old girlfriend married another guy. Well, they, these two guys end up becoming really good friends. And it was really interesting how they they were such good friends. And the reason why they could be such good friends is because my my friend treated that his girlfriend in high school with the utmost respect and purity. Yeah. So therefore, there's no awkwardness. There's no like, I know I've been intimate with this with this right. woman the way you are. I mean, there's no there's no awkwardness, there's no shame, there's no regret. And I'm like, I look at that and I say, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, that, that is, I'm so glad you brought it up because that, that's such a great principle. And and I don't say this illustration because I want you to think highly of me because I'm honorary on every level and you know that. But my wife and I both grew up that way. Mm-hmm. So now married for 38 years, almost 39, there have been times when I went out to dinner with one of her old boyfriends mm-hmm. and 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 she's been out to dinner with one of my old girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my old girlfriends is my sister's best friend. We see her every time we go to town or go back to my hometown. Um, my wife really thinks she's a special. And we do that with zero awkwardness. That's and the right. reason we can is because we didn't rush the cycle. That's right. Uh, we knew we weren't for each other before we became intimate. That's right. And and there there is a freedom in that. A hundred percent. And there's joy in it. So, mm-hmm. all right, I've got I've got a couple more things to say, and then our time is up. Our time is already up. It already is up. I just I have to say this: <laughs> parents have the standard. If you're going to have a, a boy or girl over to your house that your child likes, make sure that your your son or daughter knows the standard. You know, in our standard, it was you know we one of my big standards was stay vertical. If I mm-hmm. see you going horizontal while you're watching the movie, I'm going to point it out and, you know, mm-hmm. and they, you know, every once in a while, one of them would start leaning in. Yep. They start, you start tilting at a 45 degree angle. I'm like, bet, bet, yep. get, get up. Feet on, <laughs> feet on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but communicate those standards up front. Um, don't be afraid to call out when you see them pushing the boundaries. And the other thing I would say is this, if you, if your son or daughter is liking someone and that that other person is invading into your family and they keep put pushing your son or daughter to push the boundaries that that that's worth having a conversation about so anyways and i would add just just simply this part of parenting and you got to be parents but part of parenting is helping your kid get to the point where they set their values and they have a plan of action for 100%. keeping their values because there will be time when you're not there to enforce it. Yeah. And if it's only you enforcing it, it's never it, going to work. And I'm so glad you said that because they, if they don't have those same standards by the time they leave your home, they, there's really nothing you can do. Nothing. So Except pray. Pray your socks and off. And hang on. Yes. All right. Uh, we got three questions done. We got one more to go. And I'm excited about this one. And this one, just a tease for this one, this next one is, what do you do? Once, if your son or daughter is dating someone that you do not like, that's a big one. Show them your guns. <laughs> Next time on Live Talks, we'll deal with that question. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. 
Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.